This is 680 CJOB. All right, we start off with a cheers, cheers first. Cheers, absolutely, guys. Cheers, cheers, cheers absolutely. Yes. Thank you. Uh, everybody, welcome to the main ingredient. Kevin Bergen here. Krista Hall here. I was K- taking a sip of Krista my Hall beer. downing I was, beer. I was, <laughs> we, we just cheers. I needed to That's sip the best my way beer. To do it. it is, it is. Yeah. How's it going? Good, how are you? Good, we're on the road. We're never off the road now. No, I know, it's Like, so we're fun. permanently on yeah, the road, aren't we? it is so fun. And we are at... East India Company. I wish that I wish the listeners could smell how good it smells in here. Well, you, they can't. You're kind of rubbing it in. And I know. Yeah. It's just spiteful. Sorry. Now. Sorry. You know, it's just spiteful. Yeah. Sachet Mira. You know what a pleasure. First of all, to uh, a to have you outside of the studio, but it's actually a double pleasure because we have got Krista here, and oh, I think that is. really oh, adds this guy. This guy a certain something, butter. a certain something to this, and and it's very good. So, Kevin, you've outdone yourself. How's that, right? Very nice. Thank good you, to have sir. You both. Welcome Thank to the you. restaurant. Thank Isn't nice? You. I told you so nice. How are you, my friend? You know, honestly, blessed. It's uh, it's a good time. It's uh, it's a busy time. We're. Uh, just coming up on the end of summer right now. It's uh, catering season. It's festival season. Um, so as a business, we're all over. Uh, as a family, and uh, you'd appreciate this. Uh, you know, we're getting ready for the back to school at whatever various levels. Uh, it's it's good. You're always getting ready for something, though. Like even when you think, okay, that season's over, you're getting ready for something else. Like that's typically what you're. Yeah. You know, it's it's the restaurant business, and especially in our type of business. You know, and I was saying this a little bit earlier to you that. You know, we're constantly making, we're constantly producing something inside the restaurant. And if it was just a matter of me going down to the local grocery store and buying, you know, uh, 100 pounds of paneer cheese or something, I, I would. And that would make my job a lot easier. But we don't do it that way here, mm-hmm. right? We, mm-hmm. we make our own paneer, we set our own paneer, or we make our own yogurt. And that, of course, always leads to always doing that additional step. Which is good for us, right? It's great for us. Um, let's give a little background. Of course, sure. we won't get into massive details. And yeah. I know that there may be like one or two Winnipeggers who don't know about East India Company. <laughs> well, maybe they're living under a rock or something. Yeah. Sure. So maybe we'll give a little background on, on what the restaurant is. Okay, go on. You give me the signal when I've given too much background. <laughs> I was asking this too much. Because I, I tend to do this. You know, God, uh, in, in a nutshell or, or a big nutshell anyways, uh, my dad came to Canada in uh, the late 60s. He, Believe it or not, he started off as a lumberjack in B.C., and uh, he did that for a season or two, and he ended up in Manitoba because, uh, you know, he wanted to pursue his civil engineering. And the most inexpensive course uh, offered for, or degree course offered, was in Manitoba at that time. So, uh, wow, like yeah. talk about research, like. I'm going to get it done. I'm going to get this dollar to stretch as far <laughs> as I can. I don't care where I got to go to do it, but I'm doing it. That's how we ended up here. So, you know, here we ended up, or here he ended up in, in Manitoba. And, you know, of course he had that startup fund, but he also needed to uh, work to pay uh, to go through, to continue to go through school. So he would do that. And, you know, one of the ways was this little Indian restaurant that he called the Maharaja that he opened up in, God, I want to say 1971, 72. It was on the second floor of a B-run movie theater uh, on Sherbrooke Street. We've got a little bit of a surprise here. I hope oh that's look at this. That's some wow. crazy stuff this going on This is a chicken it. sizzler. Chicken 65. Um, Thank you very much. Can you hear that sizzle? That's crazy. So, Why do they call it the chicken sizzler? Well, it's sizzling away, <laughs> and I'm sure they can tell, but it's lovely. We've got... Uh, bay leaf. We've got mustard leaf inside there. Uh, it is absolutely, absolutely terrific. So anyway, so Dad started this restaurant in 1960, 69, 71, 72. 
Um, you know, back in that day, if you had one client, like one guest inside the restaurant, two guests, it was a big deal. Really? Uh, yeah, for sure, right? It was on the second floor of a, of a B-Run movie theater. When you ordered up, we've got some samosas and some pakora, oh some goodness. beef chutney, some tamarind chutney. It is lovely. And you're getting your shots, right? Which is good. So on a Saturday night, you know, if you had two tables of two, that was a big deal, right? And you'd come in and order a chicken curry. Dad would run down the fire escape out the back, run across to the Safeway that was next door, buy our chicken, run back up the fire escape, make it, and that's as fresh as it gets, guys, right? Um, Thank you. But that was, the, that was the kind of business it was back then. It wasn't so much about, you know, making money uh, or being a business. It was really just being part of a community and having that sense of home, and that was important. So that's kind of where that all started from, right? Uh, he would eventually finish his studies he would get a job uh, with the city of Winnipeg for about a year or so and decided that his real passion was cooking the food, was being inside the restaurant. Oh, really? So he decided that's what he wanted to do. So in true uh, Winnipeg or Canadian fashion, uh, you know, dad had also worked in delicatessen through his uh, through his time, through his summers. I think it's a shorter list to list what he, you know, hasn't done. It's across the board. Holy right? smokes. So he bought this little grocery store on McDermott uh, that had closed at that time, renovated it, and turned it into, you know, essentially a Montreal-style delicatessen in the middle of Winnipeg, Canada, Canada in a predominantly Portuguese, Ukrainian, and, uh, you know, indigenous neighborhood in the center of Winnipeg. You know, again, only in Canada, right? Yep. Um, and, you know, that was the start of it. But it wasn't Indian food. Back then, it was all about salads. It was about, uh, you know, corned beef sandwiches and Rubens. And, you know, that was what the market was for the first six, seven, and eight years. You couldn't actually make a go in the 70s just selling Indian food or even selling Indian food at all because the market at that time wasn't ready for it. Were there other ethnicities selling, you know, specialized restaurants with just their food doing it? Or they were kind of doing the same thing you guys were doing? Literally, the market did not exist at that time. For anyone. For anybody, period. Like, what they were doing was uh, absolutely unique in the truest sense of the word. Uh, In fact, uh, you know, after Dad would get married, um, and it was in about 1977, 78, where they slowly introduced the first... Uh, East Indian item onto the menu, and it was our Navratan korma, right? I like you just sneak it on. You know, we're just gonna we're just gonna put this here and see what happens. See what happens. Yeah. I can tell you the name because Mom always tells a story. It was Doctor Little, uh, who was uh, at uh, the University of Manitoba teaching school across, and she had come in and she had become a good fam- friend of the family, and she was the you know the, the the test pilot on this new korma dish. Right? Try this, you'll like it. And uh, and of course they of course they did right and so from there you'd introduce a second item to the menu and a third item and it would grow from there right uh, but that was the genesis of really Indian food at uh, more of a mainstream level in Winnipeg if you will uh, versus somebody's home cooking um, that was that was there that's where it started I find it crazy how he is so adaptable like here's this man that's got all this education now and he decides you know what that's not what I want to do I want to I actually want to open a restaurant. Dad was always, you know, growing up with Dad, Dad was always uh, a pioneer. He was always ahead of the curve. Uh, he was always thinking 10 and 15 and 20 years out uh, in terms of business. Uh, you know, I remember in the early 80s, mid 80s, uh, and being pretty young, but, you know, watching Dad, you know, Dad was talking about packaged spices and packaged ethnic sauces, uh, 
back then. And you know, if, if you and I look back on you know Safeways or supermarkets back then, I mean, was there an ethnic section? No. Were no. there sauces from different parts? You know, if you were to walk into a grocery store and you know ask for a mango or a star fruit, they would look at you funny and ask you which planet you're from. Ginger was unheard of, right? right? Yeah. Uh, and yet here was this man who was packaging garam masala spices in tins and then going to the bay and saying, hey, I've got something here that, that might work, right? And the bay actually bought a few cases back. Did they really? Yeah, they did. How many no's did he get? He must have gone a lot tons. of places where like, tons. get out of here. Tons, tons, tons. In fact, you know, I, I, I often think on dad now, and, and Kevin, you know this, because I think one of the last times we talked about this was, you know, about uh, a couple of years ago, a few years ago now, we launched our sauces. And so we've got these you know, brand of different flavors and uh, a couple of years ago, Savon picked us up as a national partner. And yeah, so, that, that's awesome. So our sauces are now pretty much across the wow. country. Yeah, and so you'll find butter chicken sauce, korma sauce. And we're so proud of the sauces because not only is it our heritage, um, you know, uh, but on every bottle, you'll see a picture of the family, the story of our history here in Winnipeg and Ottawa, um, and the fact that we started 45 years ago here in the city. Well, we're going to take a break so that we can try some of this yummy food. <laughs> yeah, we're going to take a break so we can eat some food. But when we come back, we're going to come back with Sachin Mira and talk more about the evolution of East India Company. Sounds good. Welcome back to the main ingredient, everybody. Kevin Bergen here. Krista Hall here. We're at East India Company with Sachit Mira. Sachit, you have a beautiful dish in front of us. So before we get into more meaty topics, let's talk about what's in front of us. You know, food is so important. And food is even better, or I should say conversation is even better when you've got a bit of food. And so mm-hmm. I thought I'd bring a couple of appetizers over. You guys have uh, so many different kinds of food here. Like when I look at the food over there, like there's so many different kinds of things for people to eat. You know, it's funny. We're known as a buffet restaurant. Mm-hmm. When we first started the first East Indian buffet um, back here in Winnipeg, it was 1981 on, on McDermott. And our buffet at that time had three items on it and rice and two salads. So today, when you look at our buffet, which is one of the largest in Canada, it is absolutely incredible how big it's grown. But you're right, the variety is key, right? Being mm-hmm. able to trace a little bit, taste a little bit of everything. And so today, uh, I gave you a taste of tradition. So that is our samosas and pakoras. So the samosas, of course, will have a Thanks, bit Mom. of potato and pea and pastry inside, tamarind chutney, mint chutney. But we've got a bit of new here. And that's our chicken 65. So that's boneless pieces of chicken. How new is new? New is new for us. New yes. is new maybe in the last five years or so. <laughs> that is trying. new. Well, when you're 46 years old. Totally. That, yeah, know, yes. it's, it's relative, and when right? it works. Yeah, it works. Yes. Yeah. Mustard seed, cilantro, bay leaf, and curry leaf. Then we toss it and put it on a sizzler pan, and it is incredible. So definitely give that one. It's phenomenal for the summertime. It's great in the winter when you want something just to kind of warm up the blood again. Um, that's a terrific dish. Very, very popular. Really good at weddings, which we've been doing a ton of this year. So. It looks so juicy. Give but it a go. Okay, let's give, give it, it a go try. and tell me if it's So any how many good, seats right? are here? How many seats are in your restaurant now? So this location, um, we have about 125. Uh, if we go into wedding mode, we can go about 145 or so. You have weddings in the restaurant? We do weddings okay. and wedding receptions inside the restaurant as well. We do a ton of fundraisers. That's crazy for good. That is so How good. Is that, right? Oh, dude. So just a bit spicy, bit of a bit of a kick. Bit of a kick, but it's not hard. No, but right? it's Anybody not can hard. handle it. That's good. You know, one of the misconceptions, and I, and I do want to address this right off the top, is that I can't tell you, or I wish I had a nickel for every time I've heard the fact that, you know, people come in, oh, it's, I'm afraid it's going to be spicy. I'm afraid it's going to be this. Or not at all. Now, I mean, to break it down, is it going to be spicy in the sense that we use a lot of spices? 
Yes. Yeah, but spicy doesn't mean hot necessarily. It doesn't mean it's piquant. Flavorful. Right. It doesn't oh. mean piquant. It means flavorful. That's right. correct, Krista, right? And, you know... What that we, is... It's delicious. Oh, my goodness. It's like delicious. crazy. You know, the introduction always is to have these different flavors. I had a guest um, two weeks ago, and he came into a restaurant, and he said, you know, I've never had Indian food before. And I had no idea that this guy was... He was seated. He just came up to the front. He was just ready to leave, and he said, I want, I want to talk to you. I've never had Indian food before. And I have to tell you that every bite I had was a brand new flavor that I've never tasted in my life. I can't tell you what an experience that I've had today. Oh, this was blown. excellent. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine that, right? If you've mm. never tasted curry leaf before, or if you've never tasted cilantro before, if you've never right. tasted a sautéed mustard seed with ginger before, uh, or those combinations, that's incredible, right? And that's the kind of experiences that we do all all the time. You know, I think back over the years, and you know, the amount of uh, people that we've introduced to uh, Indian cooking or uh, you know e- Indian fusion even uh, here in Winnipeg and across the country, it's uh, it's mind blowing. So, is this part of the buffet regularly, or? So our buffets, our buffets are never static. Our buffets okay. uh, vary. Uh, oh God! Like what? What changes it? All the time, dishes all the time. So the the first thing is the market changes it, right? right? So when we call our purveyors, our suppliers, you know what they have fresh is what we put on the buffet. Okay. So today, this week, you might have mussels fresh. Great. Guess what, guys? There could be mussels on the buffet, right? But next me- uh, next week, it might be scallops, and you don't have that anymore. So that's going to go out, and for that matter, that's seafood, right? We might get a great cut of ribs uh, one week from the meat supplier. Well, guess what, guys? We're going to be putting ribs out, right? So, uh, Or you might get a brand new fresh vegetable, like uh, uh, bitter gourd, which is terrific. Now, for most people, it is quite bitter. It's excellent, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you've grown up with bitter gourd, it's a delicious delicacy, right? What is it? Uh, so bitter gourd is exactly like it sounds. It's a gourd. It's an Asian-style uh, vegetable, but extremely bitter, but just delicious at the same and time. And how is it right? prepared? Yeah. So we, what we do is we will slice uh, the bitter gourd. Uh, we will pan fry it with a bit of garlic. Uh, we will dice uh, and saute some onion and a bit of tomato base and that's it and then you put that out and that's all it takes and the flavor is just terrific and you got to understand right you're never really eating these things and indian food never really was meant to be you know just one item had on uh, held on its own it's mixed it's it's mixed right. with other things yeah so yummy you guys are you guys are <laughs> i keep talking man you just I'm keep going you for sure just just put a quarter here, Kevin. I'll keep going. That's that's no problems at all. And again, this one is so that so those are all pakoras, uh, a version of right. And you've got yeah. our mint chutney over there. Um, that's gonna be sliced potato, a bit of graham flour, um, and the samosa, of course, is the ubiquitous. Yes. Uh, I think almost every culture has a yeah, their version stuff, of it. Yeah, yeah, pierogies, uh, whatnot. Right. Same idea. Okay, so you guys are in the heart of downtown. How long have you been at this location? You know, we started here in. 1993, so I was fresh out of high school, and I'd already been working with my parents part-time since I was 15, and my dad had this idea of, hey, let's go downtown and open up a full-time restaurant, and I remember, you know... uh, What were you guys thinking when he said that? Yeah, or... Sure, well, we've always been doing... We grew up in the business. Mm -hmm. My earliest memories, and, and certainly my siblings, you know, would have memories that are associated to the restaurant business. My earliest memories are of riding a big wheel plastic trike around restaurant tables oh, yeah. on yeah. our McDermott location because, you know, we weren't allowed to go outside, right? So yep. you'd be riding the bike around inside the house uh, or inside the business. Like, those are my memories, right? Uh, He's got a good story, too, of when they actually 
were at the restaurant alone and, and did the cooking and everything. They, they left him there. And this care was, of well, I was, I was about 15 and a half in that story. I was about 15 and a half uh, years old or so. And before 16, I remember that because we didn't quite have our license. And uh, my parents had a bit of a you know, mini emergency uh, in India. And so they were off. And my dad left me there for about three weeks or so and said, uh, you know, got to run the restaurant. Can you handle it? And I said, of course, 100%. So we had a cook. So it was me, the cook. I hired my best friend. And we ran this place for about three weeks, which was this uh, restaurant downtown. At 15 years old. It was incredible. Isn't that awesome? I have a 16-year-old son. I cannot imagine him running the, a restaurant. The things you learn. <laughs> you know, but, but that was also the genesis of the love for the business. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I loved interacting with people. Um, I loved... I love the value sense uh, of, of the business, right? You work hard, there was the reward, you move forward, and then there was a new day. And every day you started fresh. It was fantastic. Um, to me, that was, this is what I want to do. This is it. So when dad decided, you know, uh, when I was done high school, we want to open this thing up, I was like, 100% dad, let's, let's go do that. But it was funny. You know, we went to a couple of banks back then and said, well, you know, we want to, we all want to open up this uh, luxury Indian restaurant in the heart of downtown Winnipeg, you know, in 1993. And I think we were laughed out of at least a couple of banks, right? For sure. They have no, no clue what you're talking about. It was. No. No, well, if, if you think back in the early 90s, you know, in, uh, in, in downtown Winnipeg, there was literally tumbleweed uh, right. on, on some streets, mm-hmm. right? Uh, very different than what it is today, which is a vibrant, growing metropolis city downtown, right? So what made you decide downtown? Why did you think right we, away? We wanted to be central. So okay. we wanted to make sure that you know every, every part of the city could bring us together. And more often, we knew that the downtown was exposed to travelers, right? And when you think about downtown of any city, or you think about cities that you visited, right? What impression you left within that city? More often than not, it's because uh, of the downtown and the interactions that you had there. You're getting cheers already, you know that. Right? Absolutely, and that's a good <laughs> thing. I'm done talking and people are cheering for you. What's and that's, that about? A, that's a good thing, right? <laughs> you, you don't want the booze. Right? <laughs> um, so, you know, you, you visit these different cities and you have, oh, I had this great experience at this restaurant. And, you know, certainly being an, an East Indian restaurant in downtown Winnipeg, you know, the amount of people that have tried the food for the first time, had a great experience, and gone on to try other things, and us being a part of that equation, I think is fantastic. Okay, we're going to take a little break. Yep. Let me return. Okay. You've been downtown for a while. I'm going to talk about decades. They're going to talk about how downtown was in that decade and how it's changed all the way up to today. Looking forward. No one knows better than you. Looking forward. Okay, here on The Main Ingredient with Kevin Bergen and Krista Hall, Sachet Mira. Cheers. We're an East India company. We'll be right back. Everybody, welcome back to The Main Ingredient. We are at East India Company. Krista Hall here. What do you think? That's so good. I know, I just don't, I want to stop talking right now. I, I know, you want eating. us to talk so that you can eat meat, meat. <laughs> exactly but right, ask him a question. So well, we, can, okay. we can do that, right? That's, that's okay. We're sitting so, in Mirror. So, um, we have this lovely sizzling dish here, and, and my question to you was, if, if, they, if somebody wants to order that, it's, if it's not on the uh, buffet, well, if it is on the buffet, it's not sizzling, but they can order it separately. So, you have a la carte. So, 100%. And so, I think one of the things I mentioned... Uh, I think we were off the air as well, or, or maybe just at the beginning as well. And, you know, it's the fact that we're very proudly uh, and in a very real sense a scratch kitchen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we make, uh, you know, we set our own cheese, we set our own yogurt, we uh, grind our own tomatoes every week so that, you know, we can have sauce for the butter chicken. Mum still grinds the spices and stubbornly refuses to give me the recipe, uh, but grinds That's the gold spices. There. She's, she's not dumb. That's gold there, smart man. Smart lady. 
and, and sends those uh, spices, uh, you know, all the way to the other restaurants. Um, so we're very much a scratch kitchen, and so you can still, uh, you know, come in, order a la carte, and have a very uh, personalized experience. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, one of the things that we, we love to do is to do a chef's table. And, you know, for, for those listeners here that, that don't necessarily know, right, a chef's table is where, you know, a fixed price, I'll set up a menu for you. It's uh, That's app- the best. It eh? really is because is. the experience is we're going to taste a couple of different appetizers. We're going to pair a wine or a beer. We're going to do several main courses. Stuff you never do on your own. You, either you wouldn't know what to order or you don't. You have no clue. So now it's kind of like a guided tour of your menu from the guy who knows. And you can really get different regions and we can really explore some things that we don't normally do on a oh, buffet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, and it's a different experience. We just did one a few weeks back and people loved it. We're doing our cooking class uh, in a couple of weeks as well. Uh, what? So we do a cooking class here inside. Here in the restaurant? In the restaurant. We keep it very intimate. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually anywhere from about 14 or 16 people or so. Uh, we'll do three uh, food demos, one non-veg, one veg, one vegan. We'll pair a wine or a beer with each segment. People get to taste uh, everything that we're demoing. We'll do a hands-on demo. Uh, How long has this been going on? You know, we've been doing it for the last few years or so. And, and the, I'm, I'm just fun. learning of this? You know that hurts. You know, well, you know. Let me tell you something. You know, people always ask us, you know, about our business. In fact, that's kind of what this conversation is about today. But something I always tell people is that our business was, first of all, never a business. It was always about family and community. And somewhere in there, it was also an introduction to our culture. Right. That's what it was always about. This is this is where we're from. This is what we eat. This is what brings us together. And that was always so important. So when we do these cooking classes, you know, you'd be surprised. People really aren't concerned necessarily about what ingredients are inside there. They want to know what time of year do people eat this? How did this come together? Why would they eat this? Why? Why are there so many spices in India used? You know, in, in, used in Indian cooking, anyways. Right? Which is funny. You're at a, at a cooking class, but asking questions not necessarily how to make it, but basically about the culture of the food. So it was always about this cultural introduction, right? And you know, and I've said this before, it's just the amount of people that have tried the food and that are coming back for that, not only that culture experience, but also for the food experience is so important. And it's a key, it's a key part of, key part of these restaurants. Things have changed since you've opened. Sorry to interrupt you there, Kristen. Um, I just noticed, since we've sat here, I think three or four Skip the Dishes guys have come in. Lots of orders, lots of orders. Um, you know, it's funny, when we started uh, delivery business probably about 20 years ago, if you did, um, you know, two or three orders a week, it was probably a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, you know, now if you're doing 15 or 20 a night, that's probably about average. Mm-hmm. Um, but the real uh, sense in there is not necessarily the delivery side. The real question in there actually is the uh, understanding, maybe the acceptance of you know Indian food as a mainstream style of cuisine, you know within our community, right? Uh, you know if you think back 15 and 20 years ago, what were the big, you know, ethnic cultural foods? I mean, Italian, Chinese, right? Right. Um, you know what was it beyond that? That was really it. And if you look at the last five and 10 years, and you look at you know there's phenomenal Ethiopian food, of course there's East Indian food, Vietnamese food, you know, uh, of course the, the sushi, which is taken. You know, uh, North America by storm, yeah. right? It's it's been nuts, and so 
you know, being a part of that, I think, is a bigger part of the equation because for I don't want to say that people think that it's normal now, but it's been normalized into their part of It's nothing to say, hey, let's have some butter chicken tonight or, hey, let's have some korma tonight. It's right up there with, hey, let's have a pepperoni pizza. Mm-hmm. It's in the exact yeah, same absolutely. breath now. When my, when my family gets together and we, we all order, it's always big, a whole bunch of Indian. Which is phenomenal. Yeah. From here. And it's a great way to eat. Thank you. That's why she took the lead on communicating with you, obviously. (laughs) Kevin, we're doing this. Anytime. This is what time we're going. Just show up. Anytime. We love it. It's pretty hilarious. I, 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 you can take a sip of your water. You can go ahead. No, no, it's okay. I know you're going to I'm getting ready for the question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We talked, you 46 years. Winnipeg. You've been around for a while. Winnipeg. Been downtown since 93, you said. Winnipeg. Love it. How has downtown changed through the years? So we're talking the '90s, 2000s. Now we're you know in the you know in the teens. How is how is down? Yeah, and you're a big part of that change. You're very involved in the community. How's, like how's, crazy involved. How's our city changed? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in wonderful, uh, amazing ways. Right? We've we've grown and we are continuing to grow uh, in this in incredible fashion. Uh, one of the things I said earlier is that you know our restaurant's always been a big part of the community. Why? Because we felt that the communities supported us, and we in turn have gone back to the community. Um, the restaurant, through the Masala Mixer fundraiser that it does every year, has probably raised uh, over the years, um, oh God, well over 200k now for different community groups: uh, Marymount Foundation, the Victoria General Hospital, Alzheimer's Foundation, other groups. Um, you know, family members sit on various boards across uh, across the board. You know, inputting back. Hang on, hang on. Before before you carry on, I'm gonna yeah. name a couple things of this guy. You've served as a chair of the downtown Winnipeg Biz, yeah. a member of the 2015 Grey Cup serving steering committee, the community relations chair of the 2016 Canada Summer Games, sponsorship chair of the 2017 International Downtown Association annual conference. And last year, you got the Mayor's Biz Award. You were the Mayor's Business Award recipient. And and that's a short part of the list that I'm talking about. Like, obviously, you love the city. You like to move Winnipeg forward. Like, what what, what brings that on? You know, it, it, it's funny. I always think, you know, the community success is our communal success, isn't it? Right? When something's awesome out there and doing really well and you've got a role inside that, um, you know, that gives you the warm and fuzzies inside, right? And I, I love that, that portion of it. But obviously, when the community's doing well, we're doing well. You know, being uh, a bit of a cultural ambassador um, for the city as well is phenomenal. You know, one of my greatest joys was bringing a very large scale, helping bring a very large scale uh, event, you know, that saw, you know, two and three thousand people uh, come and visit the city and generate millions for the city. And, you know, it was a proud moment for me to see that happen because not only you know were we exposing um, you know parts of our city, but our city as a whole to the rest of Canada. Mm-hmm. Here we are, and we're ready. You know, one of the questions you asked earlier is you know how we've grown and moved, and you know Winnipeg is on the cusp of just exploding, and it's there, and it's doing so well right now. Right? If you think about the uh, investments in terms of dollars, I think one of the stats, if I remember correctly, was somewhere around. Three to five billion dollars of infrastructure investment that went in, and that number's increased absolutely over the last couple of years. So, because that stat's about three years old right now, and you know, you look at those those big projects that have come here, and the expansion of the convention center, the human rights museum, the MTF center, the new True North center that's coming along as well, right? Uh, you look at the uh, investments in terms of our uh, transportation, the new rapid uh, transit line. 
this means that your city is progressing so very, very quickly. Um, it's fantastic for everyone. This guy really doesn't know much about Winnipeg, hey? Doesn't know much about business either. Uh, okay, we're going to take a little break again. Okay. And we're going to continue our conversation. Looking forward. Here at East India Company Restaurant with Sachet Mira. Cheers. Be right back. Welcome back to The Main Ingredient. Chris and I, we are at East India Company Restaurant. So good. Like, listen, man, it's good, okay? All right. So I do have to, I have a little shout out here to my mom. My mom was a teacher at Sacre Coeur School. Yeah. And she very proudly states that she t- uh, she taught you while you were there. You know, we, we grew up as a family uh, on Winnipeg Avenue and, and McDermott. And of course, Sacre Coeur was our school down the street, right? Uh, and it was wonderful. And it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because, you know, I think back at the teachers uh, during that time. And they were some of the best in our academic career, they, they cared, um, they were there for you, uh, and they made sure, you know, I, I'm very proud of my French immersion yeah. schooling, and, um, you know, they were very good uh, in making sure that, you know, we were we were up on it, right? You know, if, you know at home, you know, we, we grandma was very strict about Hindi and Punjabi, so with mom and dad, it was in Hindi, grandma was Punjabi, that's all we did. Uh, you know, my English came from uh, you know sporadic episodes of uh, Night Rider, right? I love, so I love that. I love that. Are you there? <laughs> you know, that was, that was the best. But uh, the parents are like, "What is he talking about?" But mais à l'école sacrée, c'était complètement français parce que c'est un pays bilingue et c'est nécessaire. Wow. Okay, so now you're speaking Punjabi at home. Yeah. You're learning English from, from TV, TV, and you're course. speaking French at school, at school yeah. with a very diverse group of kids oh, that are speaking in, all different languages. You know, and if I remember, and I, I will do this in justice, I will do this in justice when I say this, but you know, when I think back on my years at Sacred Kerr, I mean, the absolute uh, diversity that was there was absolutely incredible. I mean, you had, you know, uh, people from uh, Ukrainian groups and, and, and faiths, you had uh, Portuguese people there, you had indigenous people there, you had uh, just the, 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 the starting, uh, starting groups of Filipinos and East Indians uh, that were starting there. It was it was wonderful, and you know we were all together. We were all learning the same thing. Um, it was it was a wonderful time. It was really wow. good. I miss it. Yeah, I miss it. Yeah, that's crazy. I wonder if there's any place in Winnipeg that's like that now. You know, I think Winnipeg has always been fortunate, and one of the things I love, and I've 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 had the the opportunity to live in in other cities around Canada. One of the things Winnipeg has always been fantastic about is not only having a diversity of communities but those communities living working and playing together so closely um, you know and and in you know not a not in a tolerant fashion but an accepting fashion in a wanting fashion and I think that's been a hallmark of Winnipeg where we've really come together um, you know and move forward it's Winnipeg's fantastic Right, someone's different, and you actually want to learn why they're different. You want yeah. to learn like about their life and what they do. What you know, it was funny. This is a quick story. I had a cousin brother of mine. It's a number of years ago, and uh, you know, he'd been with us. Uh, he was from Delhi, and he'd been with us for a couple of, which is a big city. If, if people aren't aware, Delhi makes uh, uh, Toronto look like a baby cousin, right? It's oh, really? A massive city, mm-hmm. right? And you know what happens in massive cities? You know, people can tend to be impersonal and they're going about their lives and it's very fast paced. And uh, so my cousin brother had come over and he was looking to immigrate to Canada. 
and he'd been here for a couple of weeks, uh, and he came up to me, he says, uh, can I ask you a question? I'm like, yeah, well, of course, you know, what is it? He says to me, you know, shyly, kind of looks down, then looks back up and he says, what do they want? Well, what does who want? And he says, well, every time I'm walking down the street, people look at me and ask me how I am, or they'll want to shake oh. my hand. Oh. <laughs> I love that. What do they want? What do they want? <laughs> they don't want anything other than to know how you are and how things are, like legitimately. And that's, you know, that I mean, isn't that just friendly Manitoba? Isn't yeah. that just what it's it means yeah. Yeah, to is. be a Winnipegger? Mm-hmm. It's just fantastic. Yeah. And uh, that really, that really underlined it for me. Okay, so downtown now, present day, like Amazing. you said. What do you think is going to happen in the next few years in Winnipeg downtown? So there's a couple of, you know, that's... And how, how does your restaurant fit in with it? That's a great like again, question. You're, you're changing all the time. How do, how do you change your restaurant to fit in with the changes? Right. So many other restaurants go, can pop up and they're down because they just can't evolve. They just can't change. So at a, at a macro level, to answer your question, I think we're marching towards a million people. Mm-hmm. And so what that means is I think you're just going to see density um, in different parts of the community and especially I think in your downtowns and your inner cities start to go up and you're already seeing it, right? So you're seeing um, like the True North Center coming up. You're seeing the Artist Reet Tower coming up. Um, you know, if the Portage Place uh, stuff goes through and happens as well, you'll most likely see another tower go up there. So you're just going to see that and there was a University of Winnipeg uh, tower that went up to as well, block and went up just a couple of years ago as well. So you're just going to see this density kind of increasing, you know, more and more and more. So I think that's fantastic. Where do we fit in? I think we fit in where we always fit in, right? And just being a part of that fabric and being a part of that community and continue to serve that and you know and being an ambassador to those people that are visiting the city for the first time or doing their business travel and you know one of my favorite things is expat Winnipeggers that go to Ottawa uh, and go to our location there uh, in downtown and why do they go there well sure they go there for good food but they also go there because it reminds them of home and to go inside there and to run into a Mara you know one of my brothers they're not as good looking as me but definitely go <laughs> Def- of course not, of course. De- definitely go visit them. Uh, you know, to, to go in there and to have, you know, to smell the same aromas and to taste the same flavors and to be reminded of, of back home. That's so very important. And in the same vein, to be in one location for 26 years, yep. how we have here, you know, and right now, uh, and I and I said this, and I say this almost unabashedly, we are the highest rated, longest standing uh, five-star family restaurant in Manitoba. And at this location, same Mara family, three generations, 26 years at this location, uh, you know, and back back in the day when reviews came from, you know, food reviewers and they were strict, it was, it was, it was tough, mm-hmm. right? And even now, like, we just got our sticker, actually, um, and it's the Where to Eat in Canada book, and I don't know if you're familiar with the publication, but they come out yearly, they, they rank the top 400 restaurants across Canada, the top 100s get an absolute mention, we're in the top 100 uh, inside there, and we're in there 16, this is our 16th year consecutive. Wow, wow. That's, congratulations. Wow, that's crazy. Consecutive. Yeah. It's, it's incredible, yeah. Sometimes you do so much, I forget that you actually run a restaurant. I, I, you know I see you here, I see you there, you're always in a suit, we had an interview one time, I think it's Sunday morning, you showed up in a suit. <laughs> I had to go to work I'm, 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 li- I'm like in a t-shirt and shorts. You're in a suit. <laughs> you look great, though, right? Yeah, like, whatever, man. If I had your body, Kevin, yeah, I would, yeah, I would yeah, wear whatever. the I'm like, we got to take a picture together and you're in a suit. <laughs> <laughs> he wears it much better than <laughs> yeah, yeah. for sure. He's a total liar. I have a friend yeah. who has a restaurant. It's not an East Indian restaurant. Yeah. But I want to know if this is true. He says, always a, you know, uh, ethnic restaurant is good when the, whatever race it is or ethnicity it is, 
it's filled with those people because obviously they know what good food is in that culture. And you're looking around and we're filling up now. And, yes. you know, it's, and, and it's funny that you say that. So there's a couple of things that happen there. So to answer your yes, <laughs> answer that, question, that is true. Yes, that, that is correct. But, but it's interesting. And, and we talked about this a little bit before and to see how our community has grown and expanded over <laughs> the years. Um, Thank you, thank you, Mr. Robert. So he's been eating here for 25 years. Absolutely lovely. He Which is awesome. Eating. You know, he was going out the door, but he couldn't. He couldn't leave without getting <laughs> he's a He's not like um, I know the, he's got an interview, but I don't care. Yeah, just <laughs> I'm going to go back to the plan. <laughs> um, yeah. So you know, as our community has grown uh, and and expanded. You know, the reality is, you know, good Indian food, good any food, mm-hmm. good good Indian, good Italian, good Chinese. I remember I tried to make Carolina a great Chinese meal. I think we were newly married, and I thought I would go out and impress this, uh, this girl. And I thought, well, I, you know, got these recipes off the Internet, and I went and collected all these, uh, uh, you know, these uh, ingredients. And Kevin, Krista, it took me me seven hours to make three dishes. I, I kid you not. That's and why he has a restaurant. Like it was, I, I, you know, and I think we finished it in 15 minutes. It was good, right. but it took forever, right? Any good cuisine, and especially Indian, mm. to get your mise en place ready and then to go make all that stuff, it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's easier time-wise, otherwise, to come out, especially if I have a big family, and you know, go to a, you know, a good restaurant of whatever ethnicity mm-hmm. and have that meal. People that normally eat between 5, 6, and 7 o'clock will get them, but as a community, these students eat a little bit later. They eat at 8, 9, 10 o'clock. Mm. Okay. So what was normally a quiet slot for us has now started getting busier. So you would have noticed tonight, you know, we had you know, a certain group of people at 5, 6, 7 o'clock. Right, yep. Then it flipped, and now you've got another group at eight, nine, uh, eight, nine, ten o'clock. Oh so yeah, I, I wouldn't know that. I was, yeah, strange. It, it's really added to that, and then you've got all those deliveries, as you mentioned, happening in between as well. Uh, the business continues to grow, right? It's it's terrific. Satch it. A pleasure. You're the best. You're the best. You know that. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Kevin, it's like looking in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty scary thought for you. You don't ever want to look in that mirror again. <laughs> if, that, if this is what you see. Oh, thank you. Thank it you was, very much. Yeah, Absolutely. that was awesome. Thank you for the opportunity. This is 680 CJOB.